Welcome to an episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Dagger, and as always, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get $10 off your first order. These things are absolutely incredible. Uh, like I stated on my past episodes, uh, originally I was a big fan of the banana nut bread, and then I was won over in very convincing fashion by the toffee almond. Uh, I guess those two are my Ali Frazier. I guess if you want to use a boxing reference for this for best two. Um, or I guess, you know, if we're going to speak hockey analogies, I guess if we're discussing the best hockey players of all time, I guess we could say, you know, Mario and Gretzky are the top two. So I guess these are my Mario Gretzky uh, flavors of the Bill Bars. So go to BillBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN. So if you've been following the show for some time now, you know one of my favorite Instagram social media accounts is the NHL on NBC Sports uh, Instagram account. And they like to do all these uh, cool, interesting scenarios with, um, you know, a lot of what ifs. Uh, They've been doing one over the past week or so about how would all the all-time teams uh, fare against each other. Now, when I say all-time, I mean, uh, you know, the best starting five plus a goalie from each franchise. Uh, How would they go up against each other in a tournament uh, with all the 31 teams? Now, of course, you know, teams like Vegas Golden Knights don't exactly have such a storied history yet. I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens in the next 20 years or so. But thus far, you know, it's it seems like uh, teams like that only had uh, players from, like, their first season where they made that incredible run. And uh, they so they released, finally, I, I mean, they took forever to do it. Uh, <laughs> you know, we were all, some of us who maybe, especially I, who, have, who follow this account, they where, you know, in the first round of that, I guess, tournament-style bracket that you that they have, they picked um, Tampa Bay Lightning to go up against the Ottawa Senators. And, of course, the Lightning were the last team to be uh, to have their, their roster announced. And they had Stamkos, LeCavier, St. Louis, Hedman, Boyle, and Basileski. No complaints there. I mean, there were some, there were some uh, I guess, selections through some of the teams that I saw that, you know, maybe, I to me, you know, maybe a little questionable. Maybe you could uh, switch out another player here and there. But, you know, no argument with this. I, I think that this team, you know, this is the best possible team with the, the history of the Lightning have had. This is the best possible team that you could put together from, you know, their 20-plus year history. So, yeah, I mean, Fazileski, best goalie, down downright in franchise history. You know, Stammer, LeCavier, and Louis. Uh, and the top three with uh, Hedman and Boyle. I mean, you can't really spin it together each way anyway other than that. I mean, and if you look at the other rosters that they put together for the other teams, you know, I maybe I'm just a homer when it comes to this, but this is I, this is one of the better teams, this, this uh, Lightning team. Other than, you know, you could say for maybe the Edmonton Oilers franchise, uh, Oilers all-time team, and maybe, of course, that Montreal team, which was always stacked. I mean, there's some players that you could probably switch out here and there, but, you know, and maybe Toronto. Uh, other than that, I think that 
in a hypothetical game or a matchup, I believe that this Lightning team would probably make some noise in that bracket. Now, obviously, we would never know because I, unless you know someone has a time machine somewhere, uh, I, I think they would be. I think they would uh, probably make it to the top uh, top four or final four, if you will, in this uh, bracket challenge. So yeah, that was just an interesting thing I saw. I've been waiting all week to talk about it just because, you know, I didn't want to say anything until the Lightning's roster was actually dropped, uh, and then we could speculate on that. But you know, here it is. So yeah, I think they could take the the Senators team uh, pretty easily. I think it would be probably like a three-one game. It's uh from top of my head, I believe the Senators had like Alfredson and uh, Spezza. Craig Anderson in goal. Um, I know Carlson's definitely on the roster. Uh, guys like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. The, the Lightning definitely have a lot better scores. Uh, no disrespect to the centers. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at this team top to bottom, even Boyle Hedman could score a goal. So, you know, there you go. There you go with the uh, my prediction on that. So I just wanted to take a, a second uh, inside the show to uh, thank, thank once again Eric Erlinson. Uh, writer for Lightning Insider, a uh, former beat writer for the Tampa Tribune, as well as other media outlets. He uh, was on the show, if you haven't caught it, the other day, uh, episode 50, uh, where we spoke about everything uh, for the Lightning ranging in, you know, how they were doing this season. Thus, you know, what are their chances going forward to possibly winning the Stanley Cup Finals once play resumes, as well as, you know, discussing a lot of things, uh, ranging with the restart and one of the interesting thing that he brought up that I wasn't entirely aware of that he, he mentioned that Tampa Bay and the Amalia arena are one of the possible pod cities. Now, if you're not really aware of what the pod city situation is, go ahead, uh, listen to the last episode. Uh, but I'm going to just talk about it a little bit, uh, in you know, just summarize it. The positives are basically going to be this thing that the NHL wants to do, where they want to have, you know, the, the ideal. You know, the, the players do want to play in their own cities, but we're not sure how 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 reasonable that's going to be. You know, with everything going on, especially when they start things back up. So, what the NHL wants to do is they want to have these positives where they're going to probably designate certain teams, probably within the division to certain cities and they would just play out kind of, you know, the rest of the, 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 the playoff round in those cities, you know, this would kind of be sort of a, if you've seen the world cup, if you're a fan of soccer, the world cup kind of does a similar thing um, in the early stages or the group stages, I believe uh, where, you know, they'll, I, you know, they did, I think it was in Brazil from the top of my head, they did uh, you know, there was like four or five teams in like San, San Paulo. And then there was other, X amount of teams and another part of it. Uh, so they're going to probably do something like that. I know when the World Cup eventually does come to the United States, they're going to have, it's going to be North America hosting. So they're going to have some teams playing in Canada, some teams playing in the United States, and the other teams playing in Mexico. And then, you know, they'll break it up. And once it gets down, they'll probably have one major city. But yeah, I think that's what the kind of, that's the how the format is going to go going forward with the NHL playoffs. I think it's the smartest thing to do. I just think, you know, you don't want to take any chances with this with it because you don't want to be playing a couple of games and then, you know, 
hopefully, you know, worst case scenario, something happens where the virus could spread not only through players, but all the personnel as well. It spreads like wildfire and then you're back to square one and you have to shut everything down. So it's just one of those things where the league is being very careful. And, you know, I was frustrated on past episodes uh, where I was saying we haven't gotten a lot of information regarding this whole uh, restart. And I been very critical of the league not really disclosing much information other than the very vague statements stating that you know they're having progressive talks as well as you know being being having progressive conversations stuff like that where it's just you got to give us more than that and i think that eric erlinson said it perfectly on the last episode that the nhl was going to take its time with this in in a way that you know they don't want to make any mistakes with this and it's a very sensitive uh situation we're in right now it's an unprecedented situation you know the last time this happened was over 100 years ago which um you know i looked up some other stuff after he said that after the show and uh it was funny that the only the only sports that was being played at that time was uh college football which is such an ncaa thing to do where even back then the ncaa was exploiting players to um you know, make some sort of money, but what are you going to do? I mean, that's the way it is. Uh, at least, you know, the NHL is in that type of league where they're exploiting their players to a, to a degree where, you know, they're not putting the players, uh, in any kind of danger health wise or, you know, anything like that. So we're just going to have to wait. And it was just very interesting that Eric said that where Tampa Bay was a possible positivity just because it's, you know, with the weather being the way it is in Tampa Bay around that time of year in June, July, and having to play the playoffs around that time, it's going to be very difficult to, to maintain the ice. And he said it perfectly where he said that uh, the ice crew at the Amali Center, Amali Arena, is going to have to uh, step up, really show what they're worth uh, with this. You know, it's going to be a big test for them because, you know, obviously any Lightning fan that's been in the Tampa area knows how humid it could get down there. So, um yeah, it's just one of these things where they're just going to have to uh, maintain the ice as best best as possible uh, just to uh, facilitate the players and as well as, you know, because they're also going to be practicing there. So it's just going to be a round-the-clock job if it not already is for these uh, individuals on the, on the staff there. So we're going to have to sit and watch. But it was very interesting that they chose Tampa, I guess, because of a lot of the teams that are – in that area, you know, not just Tampa, but as I guess, you know, teams in like Nashville, <clears throat> like the Predators. I mean, I don't know if the Predators are really going to make the playoffs, but we'll see. Uh, you know, just the Carolina as well, you know, teams like that that are more down south in that area. Uh, we're going to have to sit and wait and see what kind of format they come up with. Uh, you know, I was kind of nervous that the they would come back with the 2014 bracket, uh, which is, you know, not the worst thing. It's just one of those things where you're letting – certain teams that, you know, weren't going to make the playoffs uh, into the whole mix. And, you know, it would be kind of an interesting scenario in which maybe that team, like, let's say like the New York Islanders, where they get in on the 24 team, you know, and they, they were, I believe the Islanders were like the last team that possibly could have gotten in in the Eastern Conference uh, into the last wild card spot. Imagine like, the Islanders just, you know, I don't believe it's actually going to happen, but you never know. The NHL playoffs are very strange in that regard. Imagine the Islanders do get in on that. Now, 
what what's going to happen if they make it all the way to you know the Eastern Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, is that a good thing for the league, or is it going to be for a lot of hockey fans? It's going to be like okay, in any other normal playoff scenario, they wouldn't have made the playoffs anyway. So this is a you know if they do end up winning the cup. We're putting an asterisk next to it. Is it that kind of scenario where it pops up and then the, the NHL is kind of, I guess, bullied into doing such a thing? I don't think they would regardless of what happens with anything like that. If a team were to get in that wasn't originally going to be eligible to make the playoffs, I don't know. It's just one of those things where the NHL is going to have to adapt on the fly and figure out what things are going to be um, in that regard. Uh Moving on to our segment that uh, I tried to get done this week. I didn't. I wasn't able to fit it in into the last episode, obviously due to the the you know interview that I had. But this week uh, I started talking about some of the what ifs in franchise history, and I think I'm gonna get a, a. I think I'm gonna continue that next week as well, just to give you another episode of that. But on the last episode, I spoke about what if the Lightning traded up in that 1999 draft. If they didn't give away all their picks, which to this day, I still don't understand why they did that. Um, you know, regardless of what they th- maybe thought they could have gotten later on, look who they got. They didn't really get anyone notable. Uh, it wasn't anybody who eventually would make a huge contribution to this franchise. But, you know, they missed out on some good players. And I think that in the NHL, you never want to give away draft picks. That's just my philosophy on it. I know that some some uh, fans are kind of with the attitude that, you know, if we give away our first pick and we win a cup out of it, that's fine. Yeah, and I agree with that, and that's what the Lightning did this year at the trade deadline. But at the same time, you know, the NHL draft these days, regardless of, you know, how, how quote-unquote stacked it is, I believe you still, these days especially, have more of a, a bigger pool of quality players that you could – that you could definitely select from. And so having said that, I am not the firmest believer in trading graphics. And I feel like, yeah, okay. A cup, that's great. If they're going to win a cup off trading their first round draft pick, that's great. But at the same time, what's going to happen in the next two to three years? Are they going to keep doing that for to win a cup every time or what's the deal? You know, so it's just one of those things where I feel like you're kind of, you're kind of diving into a shallow area of the pool in some respects where you know you're not always going to get hurt but if you dive in there 10 times you're bound to get hurt once so and i don't really want the lightning to put themselves in another i guess scenario where they're they're trading away picks regardless of how good they are going to be um you know if if it's the the first overall pick or if it's the 30 30th overall pick still, you know, in the first round. Um, you never want to be doing that unless you're completely sure that you're going to be, you know, getting a cup in, in return. So, yeah, um, it was just one of those things where, like, we talked about the player pool that was kind of there. It was very, not very much, but some notable players, obviously the Sedin twins. I don't know how likely it would have been just because of what the Lightning had on their roster at that time, what they were willing to give away for the Sedin brothers. As well as they also had, you know, but at the same time, they all, there was also Henrik Zetterberg. Uh, I mean, he wasn't taken until, I believe, the 210th pick by Detroit. Then again, 
I'm not entirely sure what the Lightning thought of him. I'm not entirely sure what the, the league thought of him when he was going into the draft. So it was one of those things where, you know, every now and then you'll get a player who falls very far in the draft and then ends up becoming a great player or a good quality player such as Zetterberg. So this week we're going to be discussing the 2000 season. What if it wasn't canceled? Obviously the Lightning won the cup in 2004, but the following year was canceled due to the NHL lockout. And then, yeah, it was just an unfortunate situation for the league, unfortunate situation for the Tampa Bay Lightning at the time, not really being able to, I guess, repeat. I mean, would have, I guess it would have counted as a repeat if they would have won in 2006. That was the year that the Carolina Hurricanes won. Uh, but at the same time, I, I mean, I guess the positive side is that the Lightning were the Stanley Cup champions for two years. So I guess that's the positive side, I guess. And they, they were the only team to do that thus far in NHL's history. So I guess that's a cool little tidbit about that championship. If you ever, if a, a opposing team's fan ever says, well, you know, the Lightning only have one championship, says yes, but they were the Stanley Cup champions for one year after only winning it once. Winning it once. So you could go ahead and steal that from us. Um but yeah, what if the 2005 season wasn't canceled? Do we think the Lightning would have repeated? Uh, I don't know. It was just—it's one of those things where Eric Erlinson. I always got—I have to keep going back and quote it because that—that was such a great episode. Um, it was one of my favorite episodes I've done thus far. And Eric Erlinson said that um, it was one of those cases where not a lot of people really thought that that this team was going to be that good and they were going to make a deep run like that. Uh, you know, especially after falling to the New Jersey Devils, who were arguably one of the best teams of the early 2000s at that point. And yeah, I mean, I think that the Lightning, if I had to put money on it at that time, I think if the 2005 season started, obviously they're missing. I, I mean, I don't think I think they didn't really have that much of a turnover from 2004 to 2006. So I guess the only thing we could uh, really go off of, of you know, because you don't really know what their roster was going to look like going into the 2005 season. Um, I guess we could only go off of the 2006 season, how their roster was then. Then again, players are now two years older instead of one. So I guess going off that, that team, you would have to say maybe they would have made the playoffs. Uh, maybe would have made some noise, but I think, they would have been a lot more energized. The confidence definitely would have been um, a lot higher than it would have been coming out of a lockout, coming, you know, going into the season straight off a Stanley Cup win. So I think they would have, going into that 2005 season, I think that they would have probably finished maybe in the top three, top four in the conference. Uh, finishing any lower, this team was too good to, to, you know, finish any lower than that. And, I guess they would have made a couple. I guess they would have made some noise. I don't think they would have repeated. I mean, I'm sure every team once the the defending champion gets into the playoffs, the fan base of course thinks, okay, we're going to repeat. Watch, we're going to repeat. Obviously, that's very rarely the case. I mean, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins have been the exception uh, thus far. Uh, you know, and I think. I don't think the Lightning would have repeated. I think there was the league was too good at that point in time. You know, you had the Detroit Red Wings st still being the franchise that they were, still having that core group of players that were so good, like Geiserman. I mean, the list goes on. 
you know, it was just the, the, the Red Wings always having that group of players and then always being able to sign maybe some very good uh, veteran player um, who, you know, wasn't able to catch a cup with another team and come in and help them win a cup. As well as the New Jersey Devils, we all know from, you know, watching the NHL playoffs uh, all these years that you never want to run into a hot Marty Brodeur. So I guess, you know, those were the really two big obstacles for that Lightning team to possibly repeat. And I think that, unfortunately, that roster that they had at the time wasn't enough. So, yeah, as much as I would like to sit here and tell you Lightning fans that this team would have, yeah, easily would have, you know, repeated. No problem. Maybe three-peated. Who knows? Go for four. Uh, No, that's unfortunately not the case. But, you know what, I think the Lightning, I think this core group of team uh, players that they have now, I think if they win one, I think that it would be very hard not to say that this team, once they get one, would not be able to repeat. I mean, just look at the group of players that they have. Stamkos, Kalorn, you know, you have a great goaltender in Vasilevsky. Uh, the only interest, the only pro- probably obstacle that this team would have would be um, re-signing some of the players that they have on this team already to longer contracts. Just because right now, if you look at this team, the, the money is really tight on the cap. So, yeah, that's the only thing I guess this team might have as an obstacle, maybe bringing back certain supporting players. But then again, the NHL player pool is so vast where, or even in the draft, you could you could figure something out in terms of maybe possibly replacing that player if you have to. So, yeah, that's been it for today's episode. I hope everyone's having a good weekend. Uh, I'll talk to you all next week. That's been it for Locked on Lightning, part of Locked on Podcast Network. Have a good one.